Welcome to Kingdom Life Church, Stellenbosch. May this life-giving word activate your faith today. We're busy with a sermon series called He Made Mud. And uh, we, we're going to look at the third and the last um, of the three sermons today of our series. And our theme, my theme of my sermon today is, you do not need hearing aids. Okay, you do not need hearing aids. Now, the theme of our series comes from John 9. Um, and the story where Jesus healed the man and he made mud, rubbed it on his eyes and he sent him to the pool of Siloam to wash. Now, in John 9 verse 10 to 11, the people asked the man, what happened to you? How did you get healed? And he said this, the following verse 10 in John 9, he said, they asked, who healed you? What happened? He told them, the man they called Jesus made mud and spread it over my eyes and told me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash yourself. So I went, I washed, and I, now I can see. And it's a powerful scripture. And the first two sermons is all focused on that scripture with referring to two other miracles that Jesus has done. Now Jesus made mud, and then what did he do? He commanded this man to go and wash his eyes at the pool of Siloam. A long walk from where he was at. Now, now, just for a recap, why did Jesus send this man there? He wanted to activate his faith. He wanted to do something in this man's life to say, listen, there's no faith in your life. Let's activate the faith in your life. And if you go, and as you go and wash your, wash your eyes, your miracle is waiting at the pool of Siloam. And what did he do? He did it, and God restored his eyes. And this is a great example for us. It's a great example for us as believers that says, listen, Lord, we're trusting you for a miracle. I'm waiting for that miracle. But you know what? Your miracle is waiting at the other end of your obedience and according when you act according to your faith. We just need to act in faith. Now, do you know that this was one of three instances where Jesus did a miracle and he used spit? Like he literally went... I know it's gross, but that's literally what happened. He spit in the ground, he made mud. And the second one, in week two, we spoke about the story in Mark 8. And the story is where Jesus didn't spit on the ground, he didn't make mud, but he took a man by the hand and he led him outside of the town. And what did he do? He didn't spit in the ground, he spit right in the man's face. Yuck. Come on. That is ridiculous. I mean, I could handle the mud, but I don't know about if someone can spit in my face. I don't know about you. But he literally spit in this man's face. And if you look at this, Jesus literally washed this man. He didn't have to go to wash at the pool of Siloam. He didn't have to walk all the way. Jesus was leading him by the hand. And some of us need God to take us by the hand in our lives and where we're at at the moment and lead us to a place where we see our miracle, where we see what he can do in our lives. But he took him by the hand and he spit in his eyes. And it's a referring that God and Jesus washed him in the spirit. He was ready to open his eyes. The first time Jesus prayed for him, after he did the spit thing, and his eyes opened but not fully. And the second time he prayed, his eyes opened fully and he could see clearly. And, and what we said in the sermon is, sometimes we can sit in church. And we can never see what God wants us to see in the Spirit. 
You can be saved, you can sit in church, you can love God, but your eyes are not open because you don't see the full truth of who God is in your life. See, when Jesus died on that cross and the Holy Spirit became part of our lives, we received the ability to see in the Spirit and have faith for greater works, like Jesus said. Now today I want to look at the last of the three miracles. There was a last one, there were three of them, and I want to look at the last one where Jesus used spit to do a significant miracle. Now it's in, in Mark 7, and if you're in your Bible, go to Mark 7, verse 31 to 37. It says, Again, departing from the region of Tyre and Sidon, he came through the midst of the region of the Decapolis to the Sea of the Galilee. Then they brought to him one who was deaf, and he had an impediment in his speech, and they begged him to put his hand on him. And he took him aside from the multitudes, and he put his fingers in his ears, and he spat and touched his tongue. Then looking up to heaven, he sighed, and he said, Ephaphatha, that is, be opened. Immediately his ears were opened, and the impediment in his tongue was loosed, and he spoke plainly. Some scripture says he spoke clearly. Then he commanded them that they should tell no one. But the more he commanded them, the more widely they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, He has done all things well. He makes both the death and death here and the mute to speak. Powerful story, isn't it? Now this time things happened differently than the previous two um, stories, but Jesus still used spit to do a miraculous miracle. Now, in, a, in, a, in the previous two instances, Jesus used similar miracles, but I want to look at three significant moments, three significant things that happened in the scripture in, 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 in Mark 7. The first one was that the people again brought the man to Jesus. Number one. Number two is Jesus took him aside again. Remember the, the second miracle? Jesus took the man by the hand. This time he didn't say he took him by the hand. He just said Jesus took the man aside. He took him aside. And the third one is that I want to look at today is Jesus looked up to heaven. He looked up to heaven. What can we learn and speak about if we look at these three amazing things. Now, number one, and we're going to look at the three, and I hope God gives you something today that stirs your faith like He stirred this man's faith before He healed him. Now, number one, we see that the people, the villagers, the farmers in this region of the Decapolis, they call it, the Decapolis was also called the Ten Cities. Ten little towns close to each other was called the Decapolis, and Jesus was walking through this the Decapolis on those ten cities, and the villagers and the farmers came running to him. And the scripture says, and no matter if you go to, wherever you go to, in verse 31, 32, you, um, 32, 33, if you go to every translation there is, it says the same thing. The people begged Jesus to heal this man. It said the same word. They begged him to please heal this man. Now the fact that these people begged Jesus shows that this was a special man to them. This was a special man. Maybe this was a man high, highly astound in the community. Maybe the, the Bible didn't tell the reason why he was deaf and mute or couldn't speak clearly. It didn't say, but he was definitely dear to this people. Now, he was not a beggar. And in the previous two instances, 
It was a beggar sitting next to the road begging and asking for money. Different perspective. This man was not a beggar like the first two cases. You see, instead of the man begging, now the people begged Jesus to heal. See, different picture. Way different picture. Now from the start, this is very odd. Now let me explain, explain to you why this was odd. And if you know your Bible, if I speak about the region of the Decapolis, something might click. The Decapolis, the ten cities, something might sound familiar. And if you go two chapters back to Mark 5, quickly go there in your Bibles, Mark 5 verse 14. And as you go there, let me give you a bit of a backdrop. Jesus and the disciples pulled up with the boat. Pulled up to the city shore and, or to the shore. And guess what? who they found? A demon-possessed man came running to them. And Jesus asked, what's your name? And the guy said, my name is Legion. And Legion means that he was possessed by over 2,000 demons. And what short, long story short, Jesus cast the demons out into the pigs that was close by. And the pigs ran into the ocean and the herdsmen that were herding the pigs freaked out. And then we get to verse 14. Let's read it together. Mark 5, verse 14. It says, The herdsmen fled to the nearby town and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. People rushed out to see what had happened. <clears throat> a crowd soon gathered around Jesus, and they saw the man who had been possessed by a legion of demons. He was sitting there fully clothed and perfectly sane, and they were all afraid. They were all afraid. Then those who had seen what happened told the others about the demon-possessed man and the pigs. And the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and leave them alone. Isn't that interesting? Go away and leave us. But Jesus did a mighty miracle. You see, the people begged Jesus to leave them alone because they were, they were fearful. What were they fearful of? They were fearful of the impossible. They didn't like this thing because this man create, created havoc in, that, in the, the Decapolis over the years. And when they, they saw him sane, sitting clothed with Jesus, they were fearful because this is impossible. But if we read further, we see that this was the same town and the same region as in Mark 7 when the people brought the deaf mute people, man to Jesus. And where they begged Jesus to heal the man. Same people. What happened? How can this happen? Let's read further. Verse 18. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged him to go with him. But Jesus said, No, go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. So the man started out to visit the ten towns of the region, the Decapolis. And he began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he told them. Isn't that amazing? See, now if you ask why, why, why? See, these people went from begging Jesus to leave to begging Jesus to please heal. <laughs> what happened? Why? You see, this ex-demonized man was now a free man. And he was so on fire for Jesus. He was such an evangelist that he spread the good news of Jesus over that, over that, that whole ten town region. 
I mean, I wish I could see that. How just how passionate he shared. You see, these people who came to Jesus, they returned to him because they had a hope for a miracle. Suddenly, there was hope. How many of you maybe were standing in front of a major challenge in your life? You had to trust God. You had to trust Him for a miracle in your life. Maybe it's whatever. Healing, finances, family, relationships. And you struggle to trust Jesus without hope. We do. But as this man, this demon, ex-demon possessed man, started running around and telling people the goodness of this man called Jesus, there was a little bit of hope that started to stir in the inside of this people. See, we need hope. You see, these people had hope for a friend to be healed. Isn't that amazing? They wouldn't, I mean, they would have done anything to help this man. They begged Jesus. It, it reminds me of the, the moment where a paralyzed man were let down through a broken roof. They broke open a roof and let a paralyzed man down just so that he can get to Jesus. Friends who could do anything. I would do anything to help my friend. You see, we all need friends like this. Is there anything we can learn from this moment is that we need to surround ourselves with people that can draw us closer to God. Who are you? Who is standing around you in your life that can draw you closer to God? Or are you isolating yourself? I'll be fine on this island. It's nice on my island. If I want to see someone, I'll row over. Don't bother me. You see, who will go the extra mile for you? Who will pull you closer to God when you are going through the toughest times in your life? You see, the people around us will have an impact on our lives if we want it or not. Who's standing around you because they're going to have an impact on your life? Or do we surround ourselves with people we want to pull closer to the Savior through our friendship with them? You see, sometimes God tells you, befriend that person who doesn't know me because you need to pull him closer to me. But make sure you have more people around you that serve him than people who don't. I said it before and I'll say it again. If church community do not disciple you, the world will disciple you. They will. Netflix will disciple you. Whatever you spend time with will disciple you. That's why we need community in our lives. We need people who love us. We need sometimes people that loves us enough that will offend us to draw us closer to God. I mean, I had so many friends who offended me closer to God. <laughs> you will come to church today. No, I don't want to. I'm picking you up anyway. And then I will not take a shower and stay in bed. And if they come, say, don't worry, we've got time. I'll wait for you. You see, so many people isolate themselves and never find community that will save their lives and turn, help turn their focus to Jesus. We need community around us. So let's look, what did Jesus do next? When this community of people brought this man to Jesus, what did Jesus do? It's amazing. Jesus took the man aside immediately. Again, remember the previous story? 
Jesus took the man by the hand and took him outside of the town. This time Jesus took the man aside, away from the crowds and away from unbelief. Remember? He had to take him away from this place where unbelief was greater than belief. But this little crowd, this little few friends had hope. And I, I believe that he took them along and said, come, let's just go and stand aside. I want to show you something. You see, these men and women who brought the deaf mute had hope for something. But there was no substance to their hope yet. Remember uh, Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. See, we need substance to our hope. Yes, it starts out with a little bit of hope, and then God adds some substance to our hope that turns into faith. They had hope, but there was no, not a lot of substance yet. That's why Jesus took them aside to do the miracle. But there's an important principle. There's a powerful principle in this moment that we cannot miss. We cannot miss this. We all want and need healing every now and then in our lives, right? We all do. Come on, we all get to a place in our lives where we need healing. We need healing in our lives, maybe physical, relational, emotional. But so often we are just happy to stay anonymous while people pray. I'll just send a text. Please just pray for me, but don't tell anyone. Just let everyone pray for your friend. I'll just sit here in the crowd while the pastor pray. And I'll add myself anonymous. Come on, ever been there? I don't want to go to the front. I don't want to go to the front. I don't want to go. I don't want people to pray for me. I'll just stay anonymous. I'll just stay here. But see, Jesus wants us to act in faith and come to him. He took faith from them. A little bit of hope. Yet a little bit of faith. But Jesus was about to activate their faith. See, we always grow closer to him when he pulls us aside and interacts with us. We grow in our faith when we go aside, open our Bible and do our devotional. We need to grow closer to him, but we need to come to him. Then what did Jesus do next? He took them aside. Man, his friends did something amazing. And what did Jesus do? He took his two fingers and he put them in, the, in his ears. And then he spit. Now, some translations actually says he spit right into his mouth. Wow. I mean, that's just, that's, that's, not, that's, not, that's not on. Eh? But the, the King James Version actually says he spit on his hands and on his fingers and he placed his finger on his tongue. Now, like I said in the first two sermons, it was a Jewish culture that they actually believed that saliva can heal blind eyes. Saliva. We spoke about that. But did you know that they also believed that the firstborn son of a Jewish family, his saliva can heal most diseases? A firstborn son. And if you go and read the science of saliva, that they say the, more, the earlier in the morning if you wake up and you use your saliva, it's got some certain proteins and stuff in, can actually heal open wounds. So if you've got an open wound, when you wake up, put saliva on it. <laughs> it's actually proven scientifically. Not biblically, but scientifically. So they believed that when you were a firstborn son and you were Jewish, that your saliva can do something. 
that there is healing power in your saliva. Now with this, Jesus came down to this man's level of cultural thinking. Think about it. His culture believed that when someone spit, ah, I'm about to be healed. There is a moment and a maybe. Remember in the moment when Jesus spit next to this blind man? He heard Jesus spit. And he believed. And suddenly God started activating his faith that maybe there's a moment that I can receive healing in my life right now. But this man wasn't blind. This man was only deaf. So he could see what Jesus done. So culturally Jesus showed him, I'm going to spit to my hand. So he saw, oh, this is a healing moment. This man, might, this man must be a firstborn son of a Jewish family, which he was. Just not a normal Jewish family. And see, Jesus showed this man his intention. He showed him his intention to do a healing. And again, his faith started to be activated. There's something in his heart that started turning. Isn't that amazing? And you see, Jesus is standing in front of you this morning. And maybe he's spitting in a moment in his hand. He's about to anoint your ears, your eyes, your tongue. Because some of us don't know how to speak in authority. We know we're Christian. We know we believe in God. We know we might have authority because Jesus said we will do greater works. But we don't know how to speak in authority. And then thirdly, look what Jesus did. Thirdly, Jesus looked up to heaven. He looked up to heaven and he declared healing. He said, Ephaphatha. It's a Hebrew, Aramaic word that says, be opened. Be open. You see, when Jesus looked up, what, did we, what was he doing? Because we know heaven is not on the other side of the clouds. But as a token and as a, as a way of helping the man understand, he was looking to heaven. Why? Because he wanted to receive from heaven. What Jesus had in his hand was not enough to meet the need. He was looking past the limitations of the physical to see the limitless supply of the Father. Remember? That's why it's so important for our spiritual eyes to be open. So that we can look behind, behind the limitations of the natural and into the limitless ability of God. Sometimes we need, I mean, I pray a lot, Lord, open my spiritual eyes so that I can see the limitless ability that you have. I'm looking at, the, I'm looking at all the limits at the moment in my life. I'm standing with this little bit of stuff in my hand and I don't know how you're going to do this. There was a few occasions in the Bible where Jesus looked up to heaven. You remember? There was a few. Remember when Jesus fed the 5,000 people? He received the five loaves and two fishes. It's not a lot. 5,000 people is a lot. We might, might get somewhere here with a bite for everyone here, but 5,000 people. Just a few chapters earlier in Mark, Jesus stood. 5,000 people said to the disciples, they look hungry, feed them. And the disciples said, Jesus, are you crazy? This is 5,000 people, we don't have food. He said, go and look what you have. What do you have in your hand? And Jesus took what he had in his hand and he looked up to heaven and he blessed it. He looked into the limitless resources of heaven 
He didn't look at the limit, the limits he had in his hand. He looked at the limited resources in heaven. See, if we translate it directly from the Aramaic, this Afafatha, if you translate it directly from the Aramaic, it says, then he focused on heaven. He focused on heaven and he said, be opened. He turned his focus to heaven. He didn't have his focus on the, on the, on the lack. He turned his focus on the limitless resources of heaven. Because he focused on heaven, because he focused on heaven, he blessed what he had in his hand. Do you get that? Because he focused on heaven, on the limited resources of God, he could bless what he had in his hand. And what happened? It multiplied. But if we focus on the lack that we have in our hand at the moment, and so many of us have lack in our hands, Lord, I want more, I've got this, I've got that. Can I just have more Jesus? I want more wisdom. I want more healing. I want more money. But I just have this little bit. If we focus on the lack we have in our hands and look at our circumstances, we start to curse our situation instead of blessing it. Oh, what can I do with this little bit? This is stupid. Lord, you don't love me. Where are you, Lord? Come on, we all have been there. But when we look at the limit, the, the, the lack in our hands, we will miss the limitless resources of heaven. See, because our focus is on the lack we face instead of the limited resources. And one of the ramifications of not having our focus on God is that we struggle to hear His voice. Because we look at the lack. Jesus was looking at heaven. He's, I mean, listen, before this, in the Decapolis, the only other miracle was miraculous was the demon-possessed man that was freed. No person in the Old Testament was healed from deafness or blindness. No one. Jesus comes. This was a miracle no one has seen before. And he said, Lord, what I have in my hand is not enough. I need your resources. I need more. I need this man's ears to be open. And when you stand with lack in your hands and we look at heaven and say, Lord, I need my spiritual ears to be open. I need my spiritual ears to be open to hear more what you have said. See, Scripture says, and if you noticed as I read this, that this man, Jesus only prayed for his deafness. He only prayed for his ears. But the scripture says he had a speech impediment. He was near mute. He touched his tongue with the saliva, but he only said, be open. And when I read this, I realized something very significant for us as believers. We need our spiritual ears to be opened so that we can speak clearly. There is power of life and death in your tongue. But if you don't hear in the Spirit, you speak nonsense. That's why I love speaking Scripture, praying Scripture. Because Scripture is Spirit-filled. I need to speak Spirit-filled things. And when I pray, I need my spiritual ears to open. I need my spiritual ears to open. See, we need our spiritual ears to be open so we can speak clearly. See, a man in authority will never be able to act in authority if he cannot speak. Think about if the king could not speak. He would struggle to act in authority. 
He might show things, and, but if a king can speak, authority flows. Let alone if you cannot hear anything. Think about it. That's why people who are deaf lose their ability to speak clearly after a while. But if you are born deaf, there's no way you can speak. That's why Jesus knew, if I open this man's ears, his speech will become clear. And I want to say to you this morning, if God can open our spiritual ears, we can start speaking life into situations in our lives because authority starts flowing. Authority starts ticking over our lips. Now in Mark 4, Jesus was busy telling the people parables. If you want to go to Mark 4, Verse 23 to 25. This is very important. I want to close almost with this. In Mark 4, Jesus was busy telling stories to people. And in the midst of the stories, he stops. And he says something very profound. Something super profound for us and about our ears. Our ability to hear right. It says the following. He says, Then he added, Pay close attention to what you hear. I mean, listen, just pause. Jesus was telling parables, stories to people. And he pauses in the middle and he says, wait, 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 pause. Pay close attention to what you're listening to. Let's go on. He says, the closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given. And you will receive even more. To those who listen to my teachings, more understanding will be given. But to those who are, who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken from them. It's all about what you listen to. What do you hear when you read the Bible? What do you hear when you pray? You see, everyone in this crowd had physical ears on their heads. Am I right? All of us here sitting today here have physical ears on our heads. You can even touch them. You can tap them and you'll hear something. But Jesus was speaking about spiritual ears in our hearts. Spiritual ears in your hearts. Make sure you open your spiritual ears. Otherwise you're not going to listen. And the, the little bit you have, you think you have, you're going to even also, that you're also going to lose. See, the way we respond to what the Lord speaks to us, determines how much more we will get. Those who listen with their spirit and let the Holy Spirit reveal this to them were the ones He was talking about. The way we respond determines the more we will get. How do you respond when God speaks to you? I see, this says to me, Lord, I need to open my ears. I need to listen what you say. When I'm praying, when I'm reading my Bible, I want to open my spiritual ears, my heart, so that I can know, know what you're saying for my life. You see, Jesus, He's not keeping it from us until we work and perform our way into good news, onto good works. No, no. He's waiting on us to open our spiritual ears. Some people will come to you and like, Whoa, God is not speaking to me. I can't hear His voice. He's waiting on us. Sometimes it's tuning the radio. If you want to hear God's voice. See, I don't just put on the radio and it goes to Arishir. It doesn't just go to the station you want to go. You have to tune it. 
And as you pray and as you read your Bible and as you come to Jesus, He interacts with you. He tunes in your ears, your spiritual ears to hear His voice. Why? Because He wants you to speak life. See, when Jesus leads us by the hand away from our unbelief and washes us in the presence, our eyes will be fully open. When Jesus declares our ears to be opened, we start to... We, we, our ears to, to be open, we start to, to speak clearly. And he knew that. He wants us to speak from a place of authority in our lives, but he needs our ears open. He needs our ears open so that we can speak clearly. See, so many Christians don't know how to speak because their ears are not open. They don't hear. They don't know how to interact with Jesus. But as we come and we sit and we open that Bible, as we sit and we spend time, as we sit and we interact with the Holy Spirit, God starts opening our ears. He starts opening something in our lives like, oh, wow, I think I heard the Lord. And that's a totally different sermon, sermon on its own to hear God's voice. It's a different sermon. And we'll get there one day. What we need to hear this morning is that God wants us to open our ears. See, we don't need physical hearing aids. Because God opens our hearts and He opens our ears and our spirit so that we can hear and we can listen in our spirit and speak in authority. See, this morning, I want to pray for us. I want to pray for you, and it's not a long sermon. I want to pray that God will start opening your ears to hear what He wants you to hear. Not what the world wants you to hear, not what your boss wants you to hear, not what people around you want you to hear, what He wants you to hear. See, when the people brought that man to Jesus, they couldn't do anything else because He was with Jesus. And when we are with Jesus and interact with Him, He speaks. And we need to hear. And when we start to hear, we speak. And we see a miracle. That's why the word says, death and life is in the power of the tongue. Whoever uses it will see the fruits of it. Use it carefully. So when God says to me, go to that man, go to that lady, go to this, pray for them. Just go. All you need to do is be with Jesus. He'll do the miracle. He'll do the move. He'll do whatever is needed. Just listen and obey. So this morning I want to pray for us. Can I? Can we stand together? Father, we thank you this morning. Thank you that your heart is for us, Father. You love us more than anything else. You, you gave us Holy Spirit to be with us every second of our lives. And Father, I pray that, that you will fill us anew this morning, that you will activate your Spirit within us this morning, Father, so that we can hear clearly, so that we can know when you speak to us, so that we can start speak clearly as we hear clearly. Maybe you're here this morning and you feel like, I have no idea how God's voice sounds. But see, God speaks to our intellect and our thoughts. And maybe He's been speaking to you without you knowing it. 
And it's a prayer or way to know, say, Father, I want to hear your voice. I need to hear your voice. I cannot afford to go without a day not hearing your voice. Because we need your limitless supply, Father. We don't want to look at the lack in our hands. We want to look up to heaven and we want to see the limitless supply of everything we need to change things around us as we speak in authority. So Father, I pray for every, every person here this morning. If you're here this morning and you need your spiritual ears to open, that spiritual ears of your heart, why don't you just put your hand on your heart this morning? There's even some of you here this morning, and I, I, I sense it so clearly that you heard God's voice, but you started doubting. You went through a tough time, you felt far from God, and you started doubting if you ever hear His voice. And I hear it so clearly this morning that God says, that is a lie. Don't doubt. Because the enemy is the father of doubt. I'm the father of faith. Have faith in me. So Father, every hand and every heart this morning, I pray that you open our hearts right now. Right now. Holy Spirit, will you come and touch them? Touch them deeply this morning, Father. I pray that Holy Spirit, you will come and speak to us clearly this week, even now, as you're standing there right now. So, Father, right now, would you come and speak to us? Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. For more detail, visit www.klcstalenbosch.co.za.